Хайм, хайм, Tonight's class is in honor of Arya's birthday. To Lachaim, to wish him a smoothie recently. Mashanema, call Mashanema Azal, a tovle vracha, vagashna, srukhni is changing your place, changing your mazel. And your first move was actually today. Your first move was when you moved from Ganadin, moved from heaven to this world. And my first Lachaim in my birthday is today. Really? In my Jewish birthday. Wow. It's a lot of first today. That's a Lachaim. You moved to this world today. Yes. Every 40 year. years. 40. 40 years tonight? Yeah. Wow. Wow. You know, I don't know if you know this, but it says that 40 years is the age of understanding. And, and it says that women are given more understanding. So you, this is, now you're finally getting a little bit closer to your level of your wife. Oh, <laughs> so, so, Hashem, Shem Elanav, year of bracha, natslacha, begashus, ruchnius. Forty years ago today, Hashem was looking at the world and he's saying, "The world cannot go on without Arya Shaktis. Something only Arya could do." Mechayim, mechayim, shas natslacha l'anyan, mechayim. Last Friday, I went to uh, a lot of people who want to make sure that they donated to our synagogue. On the, in, the la, in the last, before the new fiscal year, to get the tax credits. So I made the largest deposit, Baruch Hashem, I ever made in my life, <laughs> last, last Friday. And I went to uh, the ATM. And Baruch Hashem, uh, the ATM malfunctioned. And it said, uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, something happened. So I became an employee of Chase last couple of days, calling them all day, trying to figure out the... Uh, the first step I did was I walked into the... Um, into the bank, and it's hard to speak to someone, and of course it's not for them, it's for the uh, customer service. Yeah. And uh, I was standing there by the teller, and this guy taps me on the shoulder, and he says, do you recognize me, Rabbi? And I did. And he said to me, can I talk to you? And he started telling me, unfortunately, a huge, huge issue is going through, and all I could do was give him a hug, and nothing, nothing I could do to help him. He, he had this issue that I have no idea how to help, but, but I know for sure that the reason, or one of the reasons, why the ATM machine didn't work was because this guy needed a hug. That's what, what, what it was all about. There was a, a, young, a friend of mine who, in his community, uh, there was a young man who lived there who, who came from a very religious background, and he... Um, he drifted away from Judaism to a certain extent, and his father um, called the Chabad Center, and they work really hard. My friend and others in this community, they work really hard, and they managed to bring this guy back to Judaism. And the father visited the Chabad Center, and he, he said he gets up on a chair on a Shabbos, and he says, "I need to ask for forgiveness. Why? Well, That's for forgiveness." I was very outspoken against Chabad because Chabad does this thing of reaching out to people who have been have drifted away from Judaism, and I come from a community where this is looked at as frowned upon because if you're going to reach out, you're going to lose something of yourself. You lose your own integrity by reaching out. You're going to lose something of yourself. But when it came to my own child, how deeply, how profoundly did I want them to do this? How much did I care about this? And he said, the truth is that every Jew is God's only child. And so therefore I have to ask you for forgiveness. This is very relevant to what we're learning about this week, this week's Torah portion. In this Torah portion, we have Jacob blessing all of his children. Before he does, 
says he bowed down at the head of his bed. What, what does that mean? He bowed down about his bed. Unlike Abraham who had a Yishmoel, and unlike Isaac who had an Esau and Esau, Yaakov, all of his children were perfectly righteous, were complete, so he's thanking God for his bed being complete, for having every child being a tzaddik. Now, when our Western ears hear Yaakov's children all righteous, immediate question is, one second, his brothers, his children, sold their brother into slavery. They threw him in a pit. They tried to kill him. How can Jacob correctly say, thank you God, all my children are righteous. How can could could we call them righteous? They're tzaddikim. So, there are many different ways to answer this question. We're going to go today to a deeper explanation, probably one you haven't heard before. And so, bear with me. I know it's not something that you, that, that sounds... Uh, that's so uh, easy to understand. Let's 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 try. Now Rizal says that Jacob's children felt that just like Abraham had a had a Yishmael and Yitzchak had an Esav, Yaakov also had an Esav. His Esav was Yosef. Yosef was a he's from Klippa. He's from evil. He's a, somehow there was evil attached to Abraham and Isaac, and that's why they had children which weren't. Um, Fit in, in, in they didn't behave the way that you would expect their offspring to behave, and so too Jacob had one. He had a Joseph. That's what, that's what um, um, Yosef's brothers felt. And why did they feel that? The reason they felt that was because they had a whole different perspective about what the world is about, why the souls in the world, what the purpose of life is about, what Judaism is about. It says in the Gemara. A person is obligated to say, The world was created for my sake. What does that mean? So I think we learned about this last week. The word world, who remembers what the word world means? World. World means, comes to the word, Olam comes to the word, Helem, concealment. So when we say that God created the world for my sake, what that means is the reason why God is hiding himself is for me to do something about it. So both Joseph and his brothers knew that there's something we need to do about revealing God in the world. The question is, which world? Every person is called a small world. And the question is, is our focus supposed to be about the world outside of us, or our own inner world? The Gemara says, there's a verse we say every day in, in our prayers, Ein sur right before Ein Kelkeinu, we say the words from, from Samuel 2, verse 2, there is no one who is a rock like our God. No one is as strong as our God. No one you can lean on like our God. What does the Gemara say in Brachas and Lafiyud? The Gemara says the word sur is related to the word tsayar. Tsayar means artist. There's no one a great, as great of an artist as our God. A friend of mine was um, La Cienega. His car got stuck. He was by a car repair. And it was raining. It was a few months ago. And this guy, this guy a homeless guy, walks over to him. And he says, uh, um, can you give me 42 cents? Like a pretty random number, 42 cents. So my friend looks at him and he says, tell them back there in heaven, they didn't do a good, they're not doing well in their makeup department. I could tell in, <coughs> instantly that you're an angel. And the guy is like, yes. They, 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 he, he said, yes, he, right away, he, my friend said the word malach, he right away knew, yes, I was supposed to be an angel on... And the truth is that Hashem does an amazing job in artwork in this world. The world looks like it's here, running by itself, Pastor Shalom. But we know the word 
for nature in Hebrew, Teva is numerically equivalent to the word Elkim, which means Hashem. So it looks like things are happening by themselves, and really it's, 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 it's Hashem's artwork. Hashem is dressing the world in nature, but it's not natural at all. It's Hashem is guiding every single part of creation for good, for each creature. So, as we discussed a couple of days ago about the, this, 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 there's a, there was a king who made this contest, and the contest was that he wanted to see who the best artist was. And one artist uh, comes to the king's palace in the courtyard and he sets up his easel and he draws a bowl of fruit. And other artists also competed to, and, and everyone made their, 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 their painting. And the next morning, there were some birds that were trying to eat the bowl of fruits that this man had painted. So the king obviously present, presented him as the victor, as the one who was, as the one who was, who was successful in the contest. Sometimes what art is about is making something that looks real that isn't real. So to Hashem makes the world look like this is the way it is when it's not the way it is. There's expression in Hasidic philosophy. Sometimes you feel suddenly you have a gewalt. Gewalt means you have this sensation like wow! What's the sensation of wow? Es is nishtazei. That things aren't the way they seem. It's a gewalt. Es is nishtazei. Things look like they're a certain way, and then you have, oh, what am I saying? It's not the way it is. That's because Hashem is an artist. But there's not just, but there's two worlds that Hashem um, designs. And both of them have a lot of artwork. There's our own inner world. What all of us have in common is that all of us feel, not just the birthday boy over here, but all of us feel that Hashem gave us a soul, and there's something of the soul that we're not utilizing. There's some inner powers, inner strengths that we have. We're not in touch with our full light of our soul. The love and the warmth and the faith and the reverence that our soul possesses, we're not in sync, we're not in touch with, with that fully. All of us feel that. There's also the godly energy in the world. And that's also not overtly apparent to our eyes. So the world was created for my sake. The concealment of godly Hashem hides himself for my sake. But he wants me to do something about it. The question is, which world should I focus on? Should I focus on my own inner world and try to reveal the godly energy in myself, my soul, to light up my own soul? Or should I focus on someone else? Should I think about the, 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 that person, who, uh, that guy who needed that hug in the bank that day? Is that, is that the reason why my soul is here? Which one is it for? So Joseph's brothers, they felt the purpose of a person in this world is to connect to God in a very romantic and exciting way, in a passionate way. And it's not about the world outside, it's about the inner world. And that's why they chose to be shepherds. What a better profession than being a shepherd and to go be alone with God in solitude. There was a tzaddik named Remnachman Morgenstern. He was called the Sardaf of Kotsk. He used to love going out into the, into the field and, uh, and, and in the forest and being alone with his creator. His father, he was a little kid, he was eight years old. His father says, my son, don't you know the gods everywhere? He says, yeah, dad. But I find God in the forest. So to Joseph's brothers, they felt, okay, God is everywhere, but we need to connect with God, we need to connect with our own soul, we need to be shepherds. That's what they felt. And Yosef had a whole different way of serving God. And that's why there was, there was this, this, this uh, friction between them, because Joseph felt the purpose of creation is, no, it's not about, it's not about elevating the, uh, the inner world, our neshama came to this world because God wants a home in this world. So we, our neshama, my soul is here, not just for my own, my own perfection. I have a mission to do in this world. So Jacob sends his son Joseph to go see his brothers. 
Torah says. So, sorry to interrupt, but weren't they thinking the opposite of Abraham Avinu? Because Abraham Avinu was had a tent open on all four sides, and his goal was outreach. So weren't they? Uh, yeah. Doing the opposite of Yeah, but 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 the the issue is that Joseph won't do this to an extreme way. Not just, not just. I mean, like Avram. Yeah, like Avram. Joseph want Joseph wanted to be like Avram. But I'm saying. Uh, and but the Yosef's brothers. Oh, yeah. It seems that they were doing the opposite of Avram, right? That's what it seems. And Yosef wanted to to fulfill the verse that we say in our prayers or Shoshana. Every creature should know that you made it. Everything you formed should know that you formed it. And everything in the world should declare Hashem, the God of Israel, is the king, and he is dominates, and he runs all. That's what Yosef wanted to accomplish. So, so the Torah says that when Jacob told his son Yosef to go see his brothers, he told him, go see them in Shechem. So Machzedek says, what's the meaning of the word Shechem? Bishchem is an acronym for the words Baruch Shem Kvei Malchuseh. Bless is the name of the glory of the sovereignty. That's what the name Shechem is. So, it sounds pretty good, right? That's where his brothers are. They're in, in God's sovereignty. They're in God's kingship. They're in God's place. They're feeling God's glory. What is it missing? Missing two words. Which words is it missing? No? Shechem. Bishchem is Baruch Shem Kvei Malchuseh. What is it missing? It's missing the world. Elon Bud means it should be born in the world. So his brothers were into very holy things, but they were not into making it happen in the physical world. Rabbi Ferris Angazunt, Rabbi's emissary to Berkeley, he um, has this tradition every Friday night. Uh, I'll tell you the tradition in a second. I'm getting ahead of myself. This guy comes to him and he tells Rabbi Ferris, he says, I decided that I uh, want to be Jewish. And he tells him his life story. He says, he had many, a lot of people in his life. At one point, he wanted to commit suicide. And there was a school um, that he was thinking he's going to go into the schoolyard at night and he's going to hang himself from a tree in the schoolyard. That's what he decided. They walked to the schoolyard and, he had, and, he, and he's about to do this and he's thinking, and then he, start, then he started to think, you know, the next morning the kids didn't come to school, they're going to be traumatized. Why do this? So he moved, I'll go away from the school. I'll go away from the school, I'll go somewhere else. And he comes to this. This street and tells Ray Ferris the story, and there's this singing, and this laughing, and this talking, and this light coming from this house. And he was he was going to go you know across from this house to this tree, but he just saw this such excitement and warmth. So you know I could do this. I could have some of that. I could be part of that. And Ferris is like, was this on this in this street and this in this address? He's like, how in the world did you know that? Did you have do you have the right inspiration? The person says, because that's my house. Every, he, every uh, Friday night, he insists, to, he has three windows in the front of his house. The window should be open. And so why should the Shabbos light be just inside his house? Let it spread to the outside. Now, it's a little bit crazy that he thinks that if you, if you would look, because who's going to see that? It's not, he's not looking at like, like in a major you know, street. It's, it's just, just in this little side street. But no, the light should spread. Someone should see this. And this guy, he said, that's, that's he, he ended up, Converting to Judaism and uh, setting up a Jewish home was all because of that that moment. That's why he, he decided to live and convert to Judaism was because Rabbi Ferris said, no, the last is spread outward. And, that, and that's what Yosef um, was about. And that's why Torah says that when, Yo, when Yosef approached his brothers, they saw him from a distance. 
The word from a distance means that on the surface, he was far away, but it also means they felt that his path is different from their path. His goal is different than their goal. Not only is it different, but they felt that it was going to distance people from, from God. Going the path of Yosef was going to hurt people. You're going to make people go farther away from God because you're going to try to reach out to other people. You're going to lose your own, your own self. So they said, let's kill him. Let's kill him. We have to kill him because he's going to destroy so many people with his ideology. What did Yehuda respond? Yehuda responded, what did you respond, Yehuda? My betsa. What gain will we have? You know, we have an argument and someone starts to scream. You know that the person has nothing else to say. That's why they're screaming. Yehuda says, my betsa. Come on, guys. Wait, watch a second. What are we going to gain? Let's sell him instead. What, was Yehuda, what did Yehuda mean? Yehuda meant, even if we kill him, even if he's, he is gone, his ideology isn't gone. I have a better idea. Let's sell him. And that, let's, let's show the experiment of what happens when someone tries to do what he's saying he wants to do. Let's see what happens. Let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and let's see where he goes. Let's see what's going to happen to this guy. Obviously, he's not going to survive. Obviously, he's going to become disenfranchised with our heritage. And that will prove to the world, for the subsequent generations, that this isn't the way to go. So, but those who did survive. What made him survive? What made him survive was his sonus passim, with his coat. What was the story with his coat? This coat that Yosef had actually belonged first to Adam, to Adam. When God told Adam and Eve to, uh, to leave the heaven, he told them to go conquer the world, to give light, to bring light to the world. With what? With, with this special coat that, that Yaakov gave to Yosef. That's the meaning of the multicolors in the coats. Multicolors means that Yaakov empowered Yosef to, to go through all different kinds of colorful spectrum of scenarios and to still maintain his integrity. That's what the word pasim also means. Pasim is also an acronym for the words Potiphar, Socharim, Yishmaelim, and Midyanim. Yosef was, had to deal with Potiphar and his wife. He had to deal with the, those who sold him. He had to deal with with the, the Midianites, he had to deal with the Ishmaelites. So he had to go through all these different places. What kept him going was, was the coat. What was about, what's the meaning of the coat? We all have our coats that Hashem gives us in our lives. What's, what's the coat about? There was a rabbi, I think it was in Detroit. He noticed one of his congregants would always leave for the blessing of the Kohenim. When the Kohenim would give the blessing, he always would, would walk out. So he wondered about this. Why is this guy leaving Bechaz So he invited him once to come to his house for, for Yantif. And the guy, you know, he's thinking he's not going to leave early now because he's going to jump home to my house for, 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 for lunch. The guy walked out. He walks back in after Bechaz And then he goes to the rabbi's house. And the rabbi's like, can you just tell me why you leave Bechaz Kainim? You know, they had Selachai murder. They sat down. They had they were having a meal together. And he opened up. He shared with them. He said, I'm a Holocaust survivor. When I was in Auschwitz, there was a, a man who we called our rabbi. He would tell us whenever there's a new holiday coming, and we called him the rabbi. One day he tells us, Passover is coming. I'm going to have a Passover Seder in the barracks in Auschwitz. A Passover Seder. How we have a Passover Seder? We're going to get the cups of wine. Listen, maror, the bitter herbs, we have enough bitterness. We, we, we have plenty of bitterness. For the four cups of wine, we have four cups of tears. Matzah, I'm going to arrange. Somehow, I'll, I'll arrange matzah. So sure enough, on the night of the 15th of Nisan, they had a Passover Seder. They sat together at night in the barracks 
reciting from memory the, the Haggadah that they remembered. As they're sitting there, who walks in? A Nazi. The Nazi right away screams at them and they all run back into their, their uh, bunks. And the Nazi says, who's responsible for this? So no one answers. Who wants to be responsible for that? So the Nazi says, either the guy that does this comes forward or you're all going to get killed. So the rabbi says, I'm responsible. And he's kill me now. The Nazi is about to shoot him. The Nazi says, I'm not going to do it now. The way to do this is tomorrow, in front of everyone, everyone will see what you did. And everyone will see what, 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 what the consequences is doing what you're doing. So next day, sure enough, they erect this, this uh, they have all, everyone's out, out in, in, the, in the Auschwitz, Rafan al-Slan, in the, in the yard over there in Auschwitz. And this Jew is about to be, uh, to be hung. And he said, I just have a last request. What's your last request? I want to bless my brothers. He wanted to just give a bracha, and he gave the bracha, and everyone, of course, you know, couldn't stop crying. And then he was killed. So this man told the rabbi, he said, I want you to know what kind of effect this has had on me. That I was years later, I survived the war. And I was in a Chinese restaurant, non-kosher restaurant. I ordered, made an order, and I'm and I'm about to pay for the order, and I'm like, I remember, what am I doing here? And I just paid for it and I left the food there. And I was like, why are you leaving the food there? And it was affecting me that I married someone Jewish, and it's all because of that blessing that I heard from this guy that day. So. That's the meaning of the of the of the coat. Meaning of the coat is Hashem gives us moments in our life, moments of inspiration. Why did he walk out, out of curiosity? Because he remembered that holy moment of getting the blessing of the kingdom from this guy. He realized this non-kosher food isn't for me. This non-kosher lifestyle isn't for me. So he just he just left the food there and he and he went off to say, I don't want to have non-kosher food anymore. So shouldn't he stay for Brikaswanim then? So he said, I didn't want to replace the last memory I have of, of that Berchaz with another Berchaz I'm not saying that's what he should do, that's how he felt. You know, I don't want to put, have another Berchaz I want to keep that one. I want to keep that one. The way he felt, the Neshama. This is also in our lives. And each of us has moments. I know I have Baruch Hashem, I merited to see the Rebbe so many times, and hear the Rebbe, and see the Rebbe. It's, it's a moment, it's a gift. What was the purpose of the gift, of that, of that special moment? The purpose of that moment is that I should, all the kind of circumstances and go through my life, I should have that, 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 that coat, the coat of Adam, the coat, the coat of, of light, to be able to go through whatever it is. Before you were born, Hashem gave you a coat, and, he, and you came before Hashem, and, and He infused you with all the different things you're going to need, whether it's going to be in this country, or in that country, or in this city, that city, this Rabbi Levin, that Rabbi Levin, that Rabbi Segal, whatever it is. Anyways, so in a similar way, the Torah says, there's someone else that was like Yosef. Yosef, Torah says, was called a nar, a child. Who else was passed away before his time? Chanoch. Chanoch lived before the flood. And unlike Yosef, he wasn't about reaching out and inspiring others. He was a holy person. And it says in the Torah that God took him before his time. He passed away young. So because he wasn't about influencing the world, but he was about just his own, revealing the, the neshama of his own, so Hashem sent him to the world again to be Yosef, to rectify 
this this uh, issue. He had, and his mission, his next mission in the world was to be Yosef and to affect everyone. Well, who, you think about it. Torah says that Yosef recognized his brothers; they didn't recognize him. What's the reason? The simple reason that it's given is because he didn't have a beard when he left; they had beards, and so therefore he could recognize them. They couldn't recognize him because now he had a beard. But that doesn't really satisfy us, his explanation. After all, some of them didn't have beards when he left. Some of them didn't have beards. And you could also tell how someone looks even if they have a beard. We, all of us you know, know people who grew beards and we can still somehow tell them well, why. They, what does it mean? So Al-Tarebbe gives a much more fascinating explanation, much more profound explanation. He says, Yosef was living a lifestyle they couldn't believe. How could you be so involved in the world? Yosef was involved with the life of so many people around the world. He was feeding the whole world. How could you do that, Yosef? How could you, and still be at Sadiq? And still be Yosef? It's impossible. So he was a, living a kind of a life that they, they didn't think was possible. They didn't recognize it. They didn't recognize that such a thing exists even. It can't be. So Yosef, that's why he told, he told the um, people of Egypt to circumcise themselves. The Alshech says... Why did they circumcise themselves? There's a mitzvah, the non-Jews to circumcise. And he explains that the purpose of the circumcision of the Egyptians was because the Torah says that this, by giving a circumcision, it weakens the, the lust of that organ. And so Yosef wanted to, again, his mission was about elevating the world. His mission was about elevating even Egypt. There's a beautiful, and we discussed last, last Shabbos, the Basul of Rizim says, Yosef sent a message to his father. He said to his last, last thought, I'll let you guys go. Yosef sent a message to his father and he said, God has placed me as a master of all of Egypt. Right? Adon. Some, uh, uh, what's the, what language of the Adon, Adon. Adon So the original Rebbe said, Samti Ani. I placed God as a master of all of Egypt. Even in Egypt, Yosef said about himself, I have not God has appointed me and ordained me as a master of Egypt, but I have ordained God as a master of all Egypt. It's easy to ordain God as a master of, of, of you know, of Nebrak and the Kotel and Jerusalem, but Joseph, his mission was about elevating the world. So the bottom line is, we're all called by the name of Yosef. We're called, the Torah calls the Jewish people, Noe Katzon Yosef, the sheep Yosef. The Jewish people are called Yosef. So we are all the same thing. We have... And I ever told a friend of mine, every soul in our generation is here to light up another soul. It's not, it's not we're just here for ourselves, we're here to light up others. And uh, we have to think about it, you know, to, to share the Hasidus that we know, the Torah that we know, and inspire others. And uh, we're at the time of Mashiach, and we just need a little more light and to, to get there. L'chaim, 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 and we should, uh, we should realize who we are and what we are and where we need to go. L'chaim, 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 l'chaim,